Senior Fellow for Industry Affairs at the Medical Group Management Association. I'm in Austin, Texas today at the MGMA Operations Conference, and I'm sitting down with Nate Moore. Nate is one of the speakers at the conference, and he is also a consultant that addresses the use of information and data and practices. Nate, can you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about you know, your business? Thanks, Dave. It's great to be with you here in Austin at MGMA's Operations Conference. My name is Nate Moore. I pull data out of medical practice management systems to drive decisions, to change the needle, to help folks see things they haven't been able to see before. Most of the work I do is pulling data out of Microsoft's program SQL Server. And SQL Server is what runs behind the scenes in most of the major medical practice management systems and EHRs. And the whole idea is to grab data out of the practice management system that folks haven't been able to see before and help them move the needle, help them make a difference in their practice by seeing something which... Stuff you can't get out of a canned report, Dave. Okay, well, okay, let's think for a second a little bit more in-depth at data and move data from raw information into a metric that can be standardized and looked at over time. What metrics do you suggest an organization use to identify information coming off its, off its information systems? What is the key data set that you, you like to see in an organization? That's a good question, Dave. I think the first thing I always say is, you know, if, if the most important thing in real estate is location, 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 the most important thing in data in a medical practice system is customize, customize, customize. So what matters to your practice may be different than what matters to somebody else's practice. One of the first things I ask uh, practices is, how are your physicians compensated? Is it eat what you kill? Is it work RVUs? Is it some combination? Is it, you know, where does this all flow? Because one of the first ways to make an impact and drive change is to understand how do the physicians, how are they compensated and what's going to help them incentivize them to change something. If it's work RVUs, then we need to track work RVUs and we need to look at it. Um, Maybe it's work RVUs by month, by physician. Maybe it's dollars per work RVU and how is that changing around payer mix. But trying to find some, the things that are going to drive the needle and compensation is one of them. That's, that's, if, if you want a physician to open their dashboard, Put compensation information on that email, Dave. <laughs> I, I think that's true. Actually, a good friend of mine for many years ago uh, put together a compensation methodology for their doctors, and and this one he did actually did a both a straightforward you know where you are today, mm-hmm. and then he reverse engineered the system that said where do you want to be, and it's mm-hmm. and, he, and he did it. Very simple model said uh, based on the average number of, empl- of appointments you had, so the doctors could say at the end of the year you, they could put a, a target goal and it would tell them how many appointments they need to have by the end of the year and where they were, mm-hmm. and they could easily increase their goal their end of the year income if they increase the number of appointments. He says the greatest productivity tool he ever found. <laughs> well, and, and I think you, you bring up a good point. Is let, let's say that. I want to, I, I'm, a, I'm a surgeon, and I need, in my practice, across however many surgeons I have, just for the sake of argument, let's say I need 100 surgeries a month to meet this target that we just talked about. Well, how many new patients do I have to see to get, to turn into a surgery? I mean, is it 2 to 1, 3 to 1, 4 to 1? For the sake of argument, let's say it's 3 to 1, just yeah. to make the math well, easy. But that's your practice historical information. And you can, you know, once you have that data, then you say, okay... Let's say I need three new patient appointments to get one surgery and I need 100 surgeries a month. Well, then I need 300 new patient appointments filled every month. And where am I? If I only have 200 slots, I've got a problem. And if I've got, you know, 300 slots, but I've got, you know, 10% no-shows, I've got a problem. Or if I've got 300 slots, 
but they're not being filled and I'm, I'm filling out further in the future because I'm looking for the wrong kind of slots, I've got a problem. Rather than just say, physician, you got to work harder, you got to work harder, you got to work harder, if we can help them say, all right, here's where you need to be and here's how we need to support your goals. We need to have so many open appointment slots to drive the surgeries or we need to have so many appointment slots so that our time to see you isn't too long and they don't go to your competition across town. Or some of those kind of, if we can get to the data behind the metrics that drive the underlying metrics, your example, Dave, yeah. like that. Yeah. I, actually, I think you're making a very good point that people need actionable information. It's taking data, moving it into a, a firm metric, looking at that metric by itself, watch the trends, and more importantly, see where do you want to be and have the information to make those decisions. And then drive the marketing plan, open the appointment calendar, whatever it takes to get that goal. And then communicate that. So the last thing you want to do is report 2019 activity in March 2020 when <laughs> the horse is so far out of the barn it can't even see the barn. It's not in the same county anymore. You know, what you need to do is have a reporting system and get the timing right to say, all right, what do I need to see every week? What do I need to see every month? Are there things that I need to see every day but the physicians don't need to see until every month? How do I get those metrics right so I can act on changes? If, if there's a physician that refers us a ton of business that's offended because something didn't happen or happened wrong or whatever. I need to know now, not three months from now, when refer referral patterns have changed to say, you know, i got to fix that problem now. I need a reporting system that can tell me the metrics that are going to move my practice in an actionable time frame. Okay, well, you, you go into practices all the time. How do you tell them what they, what they could be doing? How do you work with them to identify the metrics that are going to be important? What's the process you go through? My approach is I'm going to give you data you've never been able to see before because the CAN reports in most of these practice management systems are limited and they're trying to do everything from anesthesia to zoology and everything in between. And back to customize, customize, customize and say, what do you need to see? What will drive change in your practice and what do you need to get out of your system? And some of them will say, well, our plane's taken off with 30 seats empty every day. How can we fill those seats? My physicians are here. My staff is here. We got all the overhead, but we're not full. Or, you know, we're not efficiently using this part of our practice. Or patients are waiting too long. Their total time, their duration in the office is way too long and it's costing us overhead. It's costing us space. Those kind of issues, I'll say, all right, if that's your issue, let's go drill down in the data and say, what do you need to see and when do you need to see it to change this? Most electronic health records have a date stamp function. Mm -hmm. So you know when the first injury occurred for that for that patient. In other words, when they when they walked into the receptionist and they were registered, when the doctor or the nurse is taking the vital signs, that gets entered in the record. Again, they're date stamped. Mm -hmm. How do you mine that information? How do you use it? I was talking to a practice last week and they said, you know, for whatever reason, you know, this payer doesn't pay well at all, but work comp does in our environment. And But I don't get any of the work comp cases. My The partners or the other doctors, I don't get enough of the work comp cases. So I said, well, let's build a payer mix that goes in your dashboard that says, all right, let's compare your payer mix to the practice to make sure you're getting the same amount of work comp cases or whatever it is. But that same date stamp that knows what time it happened also knows who did it, Dave. So I can say, all right, if 100 new patients came in last week, what I can do is I can go back into the practice management system and say, who scheduled that appointment? And, you know, is this triage department or this schedule or this whatever sending more work comp patients this way or that way? There's a lot of things you can do if you can get to the raw data to really drill down at root causes as opposed to just showing the same old charges, payments, adjustments every month. Great point because practice's information system is a gold mine. 
I came to healthcare from, with all due respect, the real world. <laughs> and, you know, in the real world, they, they'd use that data. And I think when I came to healthcare, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just file the claim and be happy and throw the rest of the data away. You've got to use that data to drive change in your practice and say, wait, okay, yeah, we, we either did get paid or didn't get paid and why. But there's a whole bunch of other information that's lying buried in that gold mine that if you can get to, you can, you can really change the way you see your data, run well, your practice. Okay. You mentioned a few, th- a few things, payer mix. You've mentioned about times to appointments, new appointments. What other metrics should a practice executive or a physician executive be looking for? I have taught pivot tables for years for MGMA in a bunch of settings. And one of the things I love to do is to grab revenue data in a pivot table. And so what I might do is, I'm, if you're looking at a table of data that had a row for every single collection that the practice made, every payment that came in the door, and then columns to describe that. So who was the rendering physician? Who was the referring physician? What was the location? What was the CPT code? What was the collection date? And a dozen other things. Then what I can do is I can look at that and say, okay, if revenues are up 5% or down 10% last month, Dave, why? And what that pivot table is going to let me do is say, okay, I can see that, and then I can drill down and say by, by location or by provider or by referring physician, by primary insurance. And I can use that pivot table to really kind of drill down and understand where is the change. And then once I understand what's causing the variance, then I can act on it. Rather than just say, well, revenues are down, we've got to work harder. I want to know where are they down and why are they down, and is the payer mix changed? Is our procedure mix changed? You know, the ability to drill down is huge. Uh, what can a administrator or physician executive who is not a professional data guy be doing? If I could make one suggestion, get your data out of your practice management system, not in a canned report, heaven forbid, and heaven does forbid, a PDF, <laughs> but get it in a format where you can interact with it, and my preference is pivot tables. I want to get to the raw data and be able to interact with it, and then learn pivot tables and say, okay, I'm going to, be, I'm going to interact with my data because... <laughs> you know what, you've forgotten more about your practice than I'm ever going to know, Dave. If I can give you your data and you can get to it, you can discover insights that can really change the game. Let's also get an idea, because I know you've also done a considerable amount of work helping practices create a different type of dashboard reports, which are canned, but but they're customized to the needs of the organization. If an organization says, you know, we want to provide information to each of our physicians on a periodic basis, what would you suggest they have their doctors look at to help them be more productive, see more patients, but more importantly, provide better health care to their, to their patients? When I go to practice, I say, let's start with one page. If you can have one page, let's say per month, email to your physicians what's on that page. The thing that you want to put on that page are things that the physicians care about, but things that physicians can influence. I mean, you might tell the physicians, here's how long it took for the duration of patient appointments or whatever, and that's an interesting piece, but that may not be something they can control. I mean, they can't control how long it took in x-ray or how long it took at the front desk or whatever. What I want to show them is what can you control? I do a dashboard for uh, orthopedic group in the southeast, and what they want to see is the very first line, Dave, is days worked, and, they, <laughs> and that's something they can control. And so they have some metrics around what, how do we define a day's work, and that's at the top of their dashboard. That's what matters to them. For a different group, what matters to them is we want to see RVUs and we want to see charges and payments and, and uh, payments for work RVU. Those are their metrics, and they see it over a couple of time periods so that their doctors can see it. So I think, it, again, customize, customize, customize. What matters to them? And throw that on the one page. Maybe it's referring physicians, Dave. Yeah. Maybe you know, if you're a specialty group and you want to see 
where are my top referring physicians by group and how is that changing over time? I mean, the physicians can see somebody in a physician's lounge or in the physician parking lot or whatever and say, hey, I haven't seen a patient for you in two weeks. And if they know that, that information is powerful. Now, when you walk into, into a practice and you're talking to the doctors, what questions do you ask to find out what is important to them? I, I, I'm, first question is, how are your physicians compensated? Because that's what's going to drive... I mean, that, that, that tells me something about the culture of the organization. It tells me something about how to motivate the physicians in that organization. And then I'm, I'm going to ask them, where are your, where are your struggles? Where, what information can't you get? How often do you find resistance coming for either from the IT vendor or even the IT staff in the practice? There's, there's obviously some concern to say, hey, you know, we don't want another report to support or we're worried things are going to break or whatever. And I think if, if you're doing this at home and you're going you're gonna to get access to your data, the first thing, and I mean the first thing to ask for, is read-only access to the data. You don't want to be able to change the data. If it breaks, don't call me. I can't break it. You don't want to, you don't want to add to IT's burden that way. But what you do want to do is take the burden off IT and say, look, one well-designed pivot table can replace dozens of canned reports. We're not going to come back to you with request after request after request. We're, if you can give us access to the data and let us do our thing in pivot tables, we don't need to bother you for rerunning this report or customizing this report. And administrators, it's often the same thing, is they're spending two or three days a month creating these dashboardy kind of reports that take so long to create, they don't have any time to act on. And part of this whole process is to automate the dang thing so you can, I mean, they're not paying you to cut and paste. They're paying you to act on the data. And so let's automate the process of getting the data and then you can act on it so much more efficiently. And, and use it as part of your decision process. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and part of it's a culture to say, we're going to make decisions based on data. And so we're going to get that data. We're going to get the customized data that matters to our practice. And this is how we're going to drive decisions. Now, we also know that healthcare is changing. What trends are you seeing in the use of information and use of data? I'm seeing groups say, you know what? This fee-for-service model is changing. We need to start tracking data and getting ahead of the game on outcomes. We need to start tracking data and getting the, ahead of the game on where are our patients being discharged and how many readmissions are there. And grabbing that data is hard. Some of the challenge that I run into when I go into practice is they want data that's not there. Because, you know, there's a place to put it in the EMR, there's a place to put it in the practice management system, but we've never been able to see it, so we don't, we've never put it there because we we've never been able to act on it. And so we've got to get the data in there, we've got to get it right so that we can start to look ahead and say, all right, we want to, you know, readmissions is a hard thing to get. How do you find readmissions? And how can we grab that data and start to manage it so that we're prepared for the days when fee-for-service is going away and value-based is front and center? In fact, you're talking about value-based payment. Among the themes at the MGMA operations conference has been how does a practice prepare for shifts in payment away from fee-for-service to being paid more on a value-based payment system where there's concern on the total cost of care, for example, or on patient satisfaction. So what shifts are you seeing in the type of information that people need to have to manage in order to manage better in this value-based payment environment? I think we need to put more and more information around cost of care into the systems. So if I discharged a patient, where did I discharge them to? And if, if I had to re readmit, why did I have to readmit? And can I grab some of that data so that I can go to a payer and say, look, here's our data. Another thing I've seen 
people do as they go to payers and say, look at our data, is they say, look at how fast we can get a patient into CR group because we've got urgent care that's going to, I mean, I've seen this in orthopedics, we've got urgent care that can get, you know, same day appointments in our system rather than have folks go to, you know, an ER or someplace that's going to be a whole lot more expensive for the payer to care for. Or we've got nighttime hours that's going to save you from an urgent care in, in, in like a family practice or a pediatric environment. And because we got these hours and look at, look at how fast, look at our um, days to third, some of these other metrics, because we can see your patients sooner, we're addressing problems sooner, and we're keeping them out of more expensive care settings. Some of those kind of things, Dave. Yeah. Obviously, getting data has a cost. How do, you, how do you convince a practice to spend the money it takes to tap into their systems? Well, great question, Dave. I think the first question is, can you act on the data I'm going to give you? I sent some data to a group in the Midwest, and I said, here is your allowed amounts by payer, by CPT code, by provider, and there's a big variation. Same payer, same procedure, different allowed amount. And you think, well, you know, this is, something's wrong here. You're leaving money on the table. And as true as that is, the practice was very honest and said, we've got other priorities right now. We've got some projects that we've got to deal with, but we're going to come back and look at that in a couple months. And I think the great question is, can you act on the data I'm going to give you? Because if you can't act on it, then, then, then there is no ROI. That's right. But if, if you can act on it and you have the resources to say, we're going to appeal these claims or we're going to identify these underpayments, then there's huge return on investment. If you have resources to say, okay, we're going to use this data to make our throughput in our organization so much faster. We're at the operations conference. We ought to talk about throughput. If we can make our throughput in our practice such that we can see two more patients per provider per day without incurring any more overhead, any more nursing, any more exam space, any more facility, any more anything. We're just going to run more efficiently. Those changes go straight to the bottom line. Yeah. My revenue goes up and my costs stay the same. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think the, the role of the data is to identify opportunities and to keep score. And then what I look to the professionals to come back and say is, all right, with this data, how can we walk this through? And sometimes what I found, Dave, is the best source of information is the frontline people. And some of the best ideas I've got for, hey, can you run a report that does this, are from frontline people that say, I'm spending you know, four hours a day on this, and this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and sometimes you need the data to back up those intuitions. And so you can go to a physician or an administrator or whatever and say, hey, Dave, you know, I kind of sensed that this was so. So I went and looked, and you know what? You're spending 20% more time in every you know, exam room or in every appointment or in every whatever than your peers are. And I think the key word in that whole conversation is peers. Data requires transparency. How do you overcome someone who may be more secretive, may be more concerned, not wanting to share the information with others in their practice? How do you overcome that? That's a culture thing, Dave, for sure. One of the dashboards I do is rather than name every physician on that dashboard, what they'll do is they say, all right, you had 10 new patient appointments last month. And right next to that 10 is a number of parentheses that shows what the rest of the practice did. Now, it's not naming every single one, but on the dashboard that goes to you and only to you, it's going to say Dave Gans, right, 10 new patients, and then your peers in the practice had 23. And it starts to give you a sense for where am I in comparison to everybody without naming who these other 23 practices. Well, you know, well, you're saying you designed the dashboard to meet the culture of the organization. Um, it's that customized word again. Yeah, customized, exactly. And you might have to crawl before you walk or run to a transparent environment to say, look, we're just going to do the parenthesis thing first. Yeah. And then over time, we're going to show a little bit more information, a little bit more information until we get to 
this transparent thing where we're going to show everybody what everybody's doing. Yeah. Where the doctors are comfortable and the administrative staff is comfortable sharing the data. Right. Yeah. Right. If, if I asked you to say what three things should a practice be thinking about with its data, right, what should they be thinking of? Well, I'd take one, Dave, and the one I would do is give me access to my data. And the operative word in that whole discussion there is my. Sometimes, you know, the data's in the cloud, and you've got to say, Mother, may I to get to the data, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you this, or we think you need that, or whatever. If you can get access to your data, your raw data, I don't want what the practice management system thinks is important, or I don't know what other practices think is important. If you can get access to your raw data, and then maybe my number two is get a tool to interact with that data, mm -hmm. and then find a way to communicate that data effectively throughout your organization. How do you get doctors to open the email? How do you get staff to run the report? How do you get that data, that whole culture of we're going to make decisions around data? How do you even take it to the next level? And rather than rely on me to give you all the data you need to see, Dave, give you some data, give you some training pivot tables and say, okay, now you're responsible for this location or this front desk or this whatever. Here's the tools you need to run your own data, to roll your own reports. Well, actually, what you're also saying is how do we move decision-making down to the front line? Given the... The, Give tools, the tools and the, the tools data and the data and let them make their own decisions based on good on the information they can see the results and so will you great idea nate thank you so much for your time i appreciate the insights i think you have given me and also our listeners some information that can they can take back and and, and work last thoughts what would you like to to let people know don't try to eat the elephant all at once mm -hmm. crawl Slither if you have to, if you can't crawl, but start with something. Get access to some data. One, maybe you're not going to get access to all your data all at once. Maybe you're not going to get everything perfect to start with. But get access to something and start the ball rolling. Prove the concept that we can get data, we can make decisions on data, and from then it just snowballs. Yeah. Nate, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate your insights. It's been most bad. Dave, it's always good to be with you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.